Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. So, of course, pre-recorded shows, but mm-hmm. this is still um, end of March, beginning of April timeframes. So, April showers bring May flowers. And Let's hope for April grass. Well, sure, it's it's a plant. That's true. Yeah, the weather's changing. Things are things are moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, the spring housing market is booming. It is. We're we're starting to to crack into the springtime market. And we previously talked in, in hour one just a little bit there about family natural foods and <laughs> the they do sell bulk seeds for vegetables for a vegetable garden. So definitely, if you're looking at doing that, this is a perfect time to go and try to find all of those seeds. So that way, when the weather is nice, you have them versus the weather is nice and the stores no longer carry them. Because you've waited too long. Because you've waited too long. And I have successfully found all of the seeds that I'm looking for. So the last elusive seed was the soybean. And I did find the soybeans over at Ace, where I found them last year. Kind of on a whim. And, and that's unusual because there are so much um, or so many soybean plants, soybean farmers in the area. Mm-hmm. For, it, for it to be something difficult to find is kind of amusing. Well, Walmart doesn't carry it. They carry like all the other beans, so all your other green beans and stuff like that. They have lima beans and gosh, everything underneath the sun, except for the soybean. So even Home Depot doesn't carry the soybean. Asa has been the only place I've been able to find the soybean besides Jung's. And I just didn't want to drive all the way up to Stevens Point. So I was very happy that Ace came through. So as you're planning the garden for this year, have you, have you gotten everything set out in like rows? Have you, have you done your map yet? I have not done the map yet, but I did find the plant stakes that... You can write on to identify what's in each row? Exactly. That I was going to do last year and just didn't. So this year I do have the plant stakes and I know where they are. And so I'm going to put the seeds with the plant stakes. So that way, when you grab one, you grab the other one. And if I'm super smart, I will pre-write out the plant stakes. And then that way it's the last where the stake is. Everything prior to that, to the next stake is said item. So if there's four rows, I won't label all four rows. They'll just be four rows of soybeans and then the carrots. And maybe put a little arrow on the bottom that this stake and then to the right or to the left. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely would have helped in a lot of situations last year of what did I plant? We had a lot of mystery plants until something finally produced. It was kind of interesting, actually. It really was. And this year we are, I got to work on it getting some sort of trellis set up, some sort of trellising system kind of set up for some of them because doing the green beans again, except for they're the trellising green beans. Sure. So if you don't have anything to trellis them on, they will find it just basically turns into like one big knotted mess. Yeah. And then it's hard to find the the vegetable on that. So got to work on some trellising. Now we planted some strawberry plants last year. We did. Are those popping back up yet? My old eye did spy them the other day. Excellent. Yes. So they are coming back. I'm not sure with this crazy weather that we're currently having is going to help them or hurt them, but they're out. They're back. They survived. Well, it all depends on what consistent daytime temperatures stay at. Right. Okay. Um, as far as like soil conditions for lawn and turf, we're looking at active growing here in the season starts at about 50 degrees soil temperature. So even if we get some cold evenings, if the daytime temps are still up there, you know, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll continue to warm everything up. Well, and this is kind of curious. This is the first year and first time ever I have put strawberries in a raised flower bed or in a raised garden. Right. In and, a raised garden situation. And that usually has soil warming up earlier because it's more exposed. Right. And so we've got that going on. And on top of it, the nice thing is I do have them facing east because I didn't want them facing west because that's where the west cold winds come. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them a little bit more protected to hopefully get them to live through the winter. So 
it'll be interesting to see how how many actually do come back and in what format. So that kind of leads into another question about gardening and coming back to things is the amount of garden that you planted last year mm -hmm. and it produced a certain amount of produce. Mm -hmm. Do you still have leftovers? Well, seeing how I totally forgot about most of it. Um, yes, I have leftovers. But then again, I haven't started to eat it to begin with. Okay. So it kind of dawned on me one day. I went, got carrots and started cooking the carrots. And I'm like, gee, I really wish I would have diced these up. I'm like, wait a minute. I have them in the freezer from the garden. So I have been now making sure that I go in the basement to go and get the carrots from the basement and to eat the carrots out of the freezer. So I haven't even started. But with the amount of tomatoes that we did so we did our chili starters sure. or what our family lovingly calls chili starter which could be you know start of many different things right it's a great base of a tomato based whatever mm -hmm. so did a lot of that and we still have quite a bit for so for this year i think i'm only going to be planting three tomato plants three to six just so that way it would be fun just to have fresh tomatoes for tomato sandwiches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But don't really need to do the whole entire, let's go plant 12 and make a whole bunch of chili starter when I have stuff left over. Right. Um, so the, uh, the raised garden beds, mm -hmm. uh, we like them for a number of different reasons. It's really easy to take care of the weeds. Mm -hmm. And this year we hard, or last year we hardly had any weeds in there. Right, and it's it's the portion of the springtime when everything's starting to grow that we get a lot of weeds because it's a lot of bare dirt that's shown. Mm -hmm. um, once the plants have filled in, then they shade and crowd out the weed pressure, so that that's really really handy. Yes. Um, one of the the downfalls of having an expansive—I mean, you you had what a half acre of garden at one time. At a different oh, yes. location. At a different location. We had 72 tomato plants. So then trying to get in there and doing all of the cultivating and all the weeding, I mean, it's a whole different process versus raised garden beds. Right. And that particular location, I did not have a job. My main, really, my main job, I don't want to say I didn't have a job, but my main job was raising my two boys. Right. So we would get up in the morning and that's where we played. We kind of played in the garden area. You know, the kids would play in the yard while I was doing the weeding. And most of the time the weeding really was, was just taking the rototiller and just retilling every other day. So that way I didn't really have that many weeds. So it, it, it's a little bit of a trade-off of what you want to do to how much you want to take on. And how much produce you want to collect as well. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a smaller family, uh, two people, you know, in a retirement sort of situation, empty nesters as, as you are. The raised garden beds that we've got four beds here. I mean, you can plant a substantial crop in that. Right. But it's it's not also going to be overwhelming of now I have all this produce and what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. um, I, I had started reading about square foot gardening. Okay. And it, it really goes in kind of the theory and depth of, well, like you said, you know, put your trellises in the center and then work out from, from there so that certain plants don't shade out other plants and then understanding when things are going to come into harvest. So you harvest at a certain time. And, um, we experimented with trellising certain plants onto other plants last year, which was kind of interesting. It wasn't a planned experiment because again, I didn't know what I was grabbing and it was just kind of like, Oh look, here's the corn. So we're going to put the corn next to the beans, which I thought were just like, bush beans but they were a trellising bush bean so it trellised right up onto the corn and kind of helped stabilize both plants right so again we're probably going to use a little bit of that same theory this year of see i was just going to roll with giving you credit for the brilliant idea in the first place yeah trust me that was not not it was not a planned like wow that was pretty cool because then when i ran out and had to do my own row of just the beans by itself again thinking that it was something else um it kind of took over because it needed something to trellis on. Then that's where we got this big, lovely knot of plant. It was a huge nest. It, it was. It was a huge nest. It was just, it was a mess. So 
full well knowing now this year, this is what we're looking at doing. Planning can be a little bit better. Right. Um, we know that we're going to have to uh, add some more soil to the planter beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are part of the Wisconsin Rapids area compost situation. Mm-hmm. And you can just go over there and pick up as pretty much as much compost, blackish sort of dirt soil. We always went with the theory of drop off a truckload of stuff stuff, and bring home two totes of black dirt. Right. Because we've got several holes or dips. We're going to call them dips. They're not holes, but we've got several dips in the yard just to kind of help even them out. It, again, that's going to be an ongoing project mm-hmm. of As let's fill in the, the dips. Yeah. Um, but using the compost, it's very nutrient rich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, if it's managed somewhat well, I don't anticipate having to add fertility products into the soil for, for a good long time. No. Because each year, I mean, it's going to compact down and settle a little bit more. And we're going to pull up when we pull plants and, and weeds and stuff. So right. I think we're going to have to add a couple inches every year. Yes. And I think any raised garden situation, that's what you're going to be looking at doing. But yeah, I I think just adding a little bit more dirt every single year is going to be just fine. And We'll go from there. I know we talked about putting in some fruit trees in the sure. in the yard just for A, extra shade, and B, I think it'd be kind of cool. If they produce, they produce. If they don't produce, it's okay. And if you put them over on the, the west side of the property, that can help as a bit of a windbreak. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not terrible here in this location of Grand Rapids. No. Um, you're fairly surrounded by woods, tall trees, tall pines. So, yeah, but it'll, it'll help. Uh, Especially in the in the fall, you know, when the leaves change and we get fun colors. You have different fun colors when you have apples and pears and whatnot. Well, and it's going to be really cool in the spring because, again, you got those different colors. Oh, and the budding flowers. Yep. You're going to have those blossoms and it's going to be just, I believe, astronomically beautiful. It's going to be so pretty to look at. I'm excited for spring. So am I. Yeah. I just want this cold, rainy weather to go away and let's get the nice 70-degree weather. Um. I think that'd be really nice so that way I can clean out a garage. And then we'll get into the 90 degree weather and then we'll be back into winter. Mm -hmm. Winter is coming. Right. Um, Very good. Anything else about that? Uh, I I think I'm good. Oh, did you mention? Oh, yeah. Let's on the garden stuff. um, Ace, we mentioned Ace earlier because I found my seeds over there. But this morning they were putting up their little garden gazebo. Right. Their little plastic little hut thing. They were putting that up. They were working on the uh, the bars and getting that all set up. So I know the plants are coming. And I believe um, the city of Nakusa has put out that April 10th is going to be their date to start um, curbside grass and uh, leaf twig brush collection. Yes, it is. Um, so I believe Nakusa and Port Edwards do that very similarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always. Separate your lawn clippings and leaves from twigs and branches because yes. they have two different trucks. And try not to fill up the uh, the curb and gutter, especially in the rainy season. Mm-hmm. So taking those little bits of little bits of care is a good thing. Yes. Um. So also springtime home ownership. We talk a lot about water. Yes. And, and this is the time to keep an eye out for, and remember that. Water is supposed to stay in certain places and not supposed to be in others. Mm-hmm. So the more attention you can give to your your basements and rain gutters and downspouts, I mean, it, it will help, you know, save the integrity of your property. Right. And, you know, you men- mentioned it very well, you know, get those gutters, make sure that they're they're angled the right way, they're draining the right way, and make sure your downspouts are going away from the house. That way you can help control that water and possibly dry up that basement if it doesn't have gutters. As I'm watching the rain hit the gutter, the non-guttered side of the house. Right. Well, one of the things at the house here is you don't have gutters along most of the, the roof line, but it's shedding off of the roof into rock. Mm-hmm. And so that's holding a little bit of it. But in a way that it's not going to erode the soil and make really weird paths 
and then it'll also help trickle down into the subsoils. Right. And, and we and look at, at the outside from our screen in porch. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to see how much a cave or hole that all that rain from both the garage and the sun porch just sheds right on there. Um, every year we've been filling in to hopefully help get that all rebuilt back up, but it's not working. Well, and, and we found some of the landscaping, it was um, bordered by an edging that held in the rock, which also, you know, over the course of time and not being maintained specifically to such, um, it got in a weird slope situation. So this time of year when it would, you know, shed off of the roof, drip onto the ground, it would sit there and become ice. And then as more dripped off, the ice caused it to back into the screen porch. Right. And we look at the the wall, the exterior wall of the screen porch. I mean, that doesn't need to be dealt with. It does. It doesn't look the best. Right. But it's simple two one eleven siding. Right. So at some point, mm-hmm. we have to very strategically remove the damaged area and put in something newer and get everything correctly done. So that way, as it drips, it doesn't go back onto that part of the house. Now, what we also did last year was sort of regrade the uh, the fall on that side. And you haven't had nearly any sort of problems after we did that. No. And it was really nice. And we could be out there during the wintertime. And even now, as it's raining, there's no water that's getting backed up into there. So, I mean, I think that was the key thing is removing that piece of wood mm-hmm. and doing the re- regrading. Um, the end of last year, you also had a foundation drain company come out. I forget mm-hmm. which one we did. Um, uh-huh. I want to say it's PuroClean. No, that doesn't. No, that was the neighbor. Right. I know. I know. I know. I threw it at you. I didn't I expect you to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Dry. Sure. Dry. There you go. There you go. And he was really helpful. Right. It, it, he, he helped with all of our questions. Um, and really explained the process and why they put, the drains in certain places Corners and ways. And, and well, and they looked at the cracks in the, in the floor. Hmm. And, you know, as we were explaining, okay, the water was coming up here and here from these cracks. And they're like, okay, well, if that was what's happening, then we need to add in another line just to make sure that that crack doesn't get worse. So it was really nice. It was great to hear. They had some really good ideas. And one of the things that helped and uh, us and on the homeowner side is we've trained ourselves to if something is happening don't panic about it find it interesting and observable you know it's like oh my gosh water's coming in through the cracks in the basement a lot of people will freak out about that but if you don't and you take into account the education portion and observe when it's coming in where it's coming in from and give that information to a professional you know, they can help build a system better. Right, right. But we also realized that the end of last year was an enormous rain event. We had like, what, 11 inches in a week or something? It was 11 inches in like two days. I yeah, mean, it was, it, it was a lot of rain during one short period of time, which caused the water situation in our basement because for 20 plus years, everything was fine. Right. Up until we got this, this huge rainfall. So planning for big major eventualities, I mean, that's another part of spring, right? Is mm-hmm. is planning for springtime weather events and tornadoes and, and all the other preparedness activities that we do, you know, making sure. Well, that reminds me, we've moved our tornado kit from where it was. Right. To where it is now. A little bit more accessible here in the springtime. Which I don't even know where it is now. But situation. It's, it's, it's more accessible here now in the springtime. It is. Trust me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that'll probably be like one of the things that we'll probably talk about is what do we need in a tornado kit? Right. And then, um, you know, practicing those with the family, mm-hmm. making it kind of a, a fun activity of if this happens, okay, kids, what do we do? Right. You know, and review those. This is a good time to do that along with your fire escape plans. Yes. I mean, even making sure, you know, where are the flashlights? Exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, power can go out at any point, no matter what's going on, power can be out. 
So where are the flashlights and do they work? And, and the answer is, no, I don't know where they are. And no, they probably don't work. So changing batteries, batteries in your smoke detectors as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, making sure your backup power equipment is functioning. So backup well, water pumps, um, trash pumps and clear water pumps, and then also generators. Yes. So if you have backup generators, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spring cleaning is right around the corner. And okay. we started some of that already, mm-hmm. which is really good. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that later in April. Later in April. My spring cleaning? Right. All righty. Well, you know, once the weather warms up a little bit and we can start opening up windows more fully, and mm-hmm. I think people will be more focused on spring cleaning at that point, although I'm itching to do it now. Well, I got one garage almost all spring cleaned. Right. And the other one just looks like a... Trial? I emptied one into the other with no rhyme or reason. Just there's a big pile. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty common. But one is clean. The other one just has a pile in it. That's pretty common. Okay. Right. So anything else? Or shall we move into the market? Activity? Let's run into the market. Um, I'm sure we'll waffle back into something about the house. Um, I know we got some projects going on that we usually touch base on. Sure. Well, so let, let's talk about the market. Let's for a talk bit. about the market. Housing market here. In central Wisconsin. All right. So today is March 30th. It is 3.18 p.m. in Wisconsin Rapids. All right. So if we look at housing, homes that we can go see today in all price ranges in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. So again, covers parts, a little bit of Rome. We've got Nakusa, Port Edwards, Buren. Saratoga. Grant. Seneca. Grand. Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, all of those little tiny municipalities as well. So we're looking at 14. That don't currently have an that offer. currently do not have an offer. Now, if we would have recorded this yesterday, there was nine. Okay. So we, we jumped from nine yesterday to 14. And we can probably revisit it again tomorrow and we'll be back down to eight or nine. Right. So again, it's, a, it's the ebb and flow mm-hmm. of things like that. And I just had a conversation with a really nice gal today and she's looking at buying a home and when I dropped down the num, you know gave her the numbers of well this is what's going on in the market this is how many homes are available to go take a look at she's like well when is it going to go back to like 20 homes to go take a look at in a price range I'm like we may never get to that you know when I started back in 2017 yes we had 250 homes on the market that we could go take a look at write offers on and that was all price ranges now we're down to 14, 15, around that, that 20 homes to go take a look at. And that used to be just one price range. Now it's everything. Right. And so, you know, she did the okay with them. Where do I start? I'm like, lender. Go talk to your lender. Go talk with your lender. They'll tell you what you need to do. Once you have like a true number of price, then come talk with us. Let us then help you out. And it may turn out to be one of these situations where I learn your schedule and I call you up and say, hey, you're coming to XYZ at three o'clock today because that's when I can get you in and the house is available. And I know you work until two o'clock or two right. thirty. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're doing. You know, we had that set up with a couple of our buyers mm-hmm. already and we were able to get them into homes and be able to get them the home that they wanted because we could get in. As soon as I saw it, we got them in right away. Um, we, we work with you as far as your availability. So, well, but, and, and the conversation with the lender early in your process, um, also understand that it's, it's going to be a very fluid environment mm-hmm. with, with the mortgage interest rates, which are going to be very fluid throughout this entire year. Right. So things that they, they, they might only guarantee a certain interest rate. For 30 days, where before it may have been 90. Correct. And, and we get um, updates from some of our lenders, and it, things change every day mm-hmm. or every other day. It's, it's very interesting to follow. So the conversation with the lender is first, and then come talk to us again. Right. Right. Most definitely. All right. So if we're looking again in that greater Wisconsin Rapids area, uh, we had said that, or maybe I haven't gotten this far. Um, there's 14, 14 homes to go take a look at, to write an offer on. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like we only have one under a hundred thousand. Okay. And that's a single bedroom home. All right. So we, at least we got one under a hundred thousand, but then we 
jump up into that 120. The nice thing is we do have a few in that 150 price range, but then again, we're going to be jumping again up the ladder. So depending on how I break this all down, yet we got a house in nearly just about every single bracket, but I move those brackets around so that way we at least have one. So definitely reach out, give us a call and let us know what you're looking for. Okay, so what's the uh, highest price? The highest price is going to be 506, 900. So okay. 507. Half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. That's neat. Right. Um, can you punch in the uh, computer there and, and pull up all of the actives, even the ones with offers? All right. So active, even with. Mm-hmm. So all active, 66. Okay. So 66 homes are listed in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area, which is really good. I mean, that's a good, nice, strong, healthy number. And all but 14. All but offers. 14 have an accepted offer on it. Right. And really that that's, I mean, we, we can set up, anybody can, you know, look on the internet and realtor.com and codalbanker.com. And even, you know, download the Codal Banker app, mm -hmm. set up your search parameters and whatnot. Um, but with the speed of the housing market, it's going to be, again, the springtime market very, very fast. Getting in touch with your real estate agent is going to make all the difference if you're very serious about getting into a house this springtime. Um, I mentioned the mortgage interest rates as well. Um, it's it's going to be going up throughout the course of the year, and nobody's thinking that it's going to go down at all. But it, we're not sure on the speed or exactly to what level it's going to increase and how big of jumps are going to be made. So if you're thinking about getting into or making a move, buying a house within the next four months, start now for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because we may be able to find something now that's in a price range with an interest rate that's very much in your window of affordability. And we don't know what's going to happen in three months. Perhaps interest rates jump up a whole point and a half or two points. Well, we also look at to, you and know, you go, go talk to, to your lender now. Yeah. And if your credit needs to be worked on a little bit, that oh, way you sure. get some time to kind of clean up that your your credit mm -hmm. because if you clean that up and you get that going in a more positive direction, you might be able to get into the next bracket, Possibly. to the next eight, you know, to the next one. So instead of trying to find something in the hundred thousand, you might be able to go up to one hundred thirty, where you're going to get a much more options could could open up. So depending upon the quality of home and what you want done, you know, it might be a little bit more moving ready versus I may have to fix this up. And location, too. Location mm -hmm. is a, a, a prime factor for you. Uh, we work with a lot of customers that are uh, looking in the Stevens Point area and kind of the in-between uh, section of location as well. Mm -hmm. And so really it, understanding that, okay, you, you just told me that I could afford X amount, but can I afford 5000 more than that? Or what's my absolute cap? And or what do I have to do to make a certain number work. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So if we looked in the Rome area, because sure. we always like to kind of look at, at Rome. So this is me down by the lakes area. Uh, we are looking at six homes available. Okay. <clears throat> What's the price ranges? All right. So the price ranges, we're going to start off at 155,000 and we're go going all the way up to 479. That's pretty normal for that, for yes. that area. For that area. That is, that is pretty normal. So it'd be nice to see a little bit more homes in that, that category, but we know that the Rome area is kind of a seasonal thing. This is the time of year that we're going to start to see more homes in the Rome area. We're looking just at Rome. So we're not including Arkdale. We're not including Castle Rock. We're not including those homes that are in that lake area. We're just looking at the township of Rome. Okay. But that does give an indicator for what that general area is mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I, I'm getting vibes. I'm seeing that things are popping up again. 
in the springtime now. I think springtime season has broke, and people are starting to think about their their second home that's up here that maybe they haven't utilized as much as they should. And it's a good time to get that on the market and get it sold again. Right. Okay. So just kind of for, for kicks and giggles, because I always like to do some of these things. Um, if we are looking at waterfront property in Juneau County. Okay. So we're going to go with the west side of Pete and well. Yes. Roughly. Um, we're looking at 10. Okay. So some of these are going to be on the lake itself. So I'm looking just for something that's waterfront. Now, they consider waterfront sometimes a stream because that's water. Streams and creeks. Streams and creeks. And there, there are a number of small lakes in Juneau County as well. Right. So we've got, um, it looks like we're looking at Lake Decorah. Okay. I probably am saying that wrong, and I do apologize, but that's down in Boston. We got Legend Lake or River. Right. And Juneau County does include that far south as well. Right. So we got some a few things in New Lisbon. It looks like um, this is where it's kind of fun to just kind of see what's going on. Right. And, and if you're. This one got me kind of excited because it's on Clearwater and automatically my head went to Florida. Florida. It, it's not. No, but I'd be happy to live on a lake. This is Clearwater. So that way I can just put a sign out there. It says Florida. There you go. And if you have a beach, then it and can this be one does have a beach. Wa- th- then you can name it Clearwater Beach. Exactly. And. Nine months out of the year, there is white stuff on the beach. So it could be my sand, but very cold sand. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Um, Now, if you're a buyer and you come in and visit us in person, we can go through and and narrow this down specifically by location on a map. Right. And we can even just name what lake you are really looking for. So if you are looking to be on Clearwater Lake, we can look at what's only available on Clearwater. Right. So we can actually go right on down to the the type of lake. So it looks like nothing um, is available on Pete and Well that's got waterfront on Pete and Well, but that is only for a residential. That's not including some of those vacant lots. There are quite a few vacant lots over on the Juneau County side. Yes, there is. Um, I think the Adams County side is uh, more active for a couple of reasons. Um, Highway 13 is right there. That's certainly one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's easy to access. And we're looking at five. So we just did Adams County waterfront. We're only looking at five homes that are available. Okay. And again, um, water is water. So sometimes it's not going to be on Pete and well, but it's going to have some sort of water attached to it. I see that. That was the nice thing about the east side of Lake Pete and well is it's a bigger lake. I believe that's the second largest lake in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sunsets over the big water are are just magical most right. days. Yes. Unless you're a fan of the sun rises, then Juneau County side is, is going to be uh, more suited for that. Right. And that's, you know, something we definitely can talk about as far as, you know, what do you, what do you want? Do you want your house facing East? Do you want to be facing South? Sometimes it's nice to have the South facing. So that way the front driveway during the winter time mm-hmm. gets all that nice, beautiful sun. And then, there's no ice. We did not put down any ice melt this year at all. There was zero laid down this year. And I think that's pretty impressive. Um, now that winter is hopefully concluding. Um, I was going to say, let's not hold our breath on that one. Right. Uh, we had had a fairly mild winter overall, mm-hmm. I think. So it was good for this year. All right. Anything else that you're looking at in the MLS? Um, no, no, I no. think next week we're going to hit up on some vacant land. Okay. Well, we can touch uh, final housing numbers from around the state. All right. Excellent. Right. So our uh, Wisconsin Realtors Association does produce housing statistic information. It's it's on the WRA website. Everyone mm-hmm. can go check it out. Um, let's see. Number of homes sold in the across the entire state of Wisconsin. Remember, last year ended up the highest record number of homes sold uh, since this record goes back to 2007. 90,837 homes. Oh, wow. In 2021. Across the state. Now, normally our, our January and February uh, hovers around, 
I'd say 3,500 homes sold across the state. Okay. Uh, January of this year was 4,600. February was 4,300. Those were down a few hundred from the year prior, but they're very comparable to 2020 and 2019 numbers as well. All right. So the year's shaping up fairly well. And if we kind of get a vibe for what our local market is doing as far as number of houses that are active, you know, we, we should be on par again to another very high home sales year. Excellent. The median price is something that we look at, of course. Right. Uh, just a reminder, we ended 2021 statewide at $240,000. Okay. Which was a year-end average, again, the highest that we've seen since this chart from 2007. Our January-February median home prices have really been about 100 you know, I'd say in the last five years, have been about 175000 roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, January, was 210000 February was 215000 Okay. Okay, so January of this year, 231250 February was 235000 Median price. Um, that's comparable to the highest months during the middle of last year. Right. So again, the, uh, the index of our homes being, you know, are those prices appreciating that they still are? Uh, again, remember that these are from properties that have closed their offers in January or February. Okay. And, and of course those have started their process back a, a month or so before normally. Right. And, and we remember uh, we had a pretty big housing push even uh, for accepted offers at the end of last year. So this is coming to fruition now. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Let's see if I can. I'm using my phone instead of my tablet today. I was going to see. I forgot my tablet. <clears throat> but let's. Uh, the central region, and we can go to Wood County, which does include everything in Wood County, so Marshfield and Pittsville and, and all the... All the little tiny all, villas? All, all the villages in between. Number of homes sold. Again, we, we ended last year with highest on record of 1,100 for the county. Our kind of average normal house numbers uh, sold in Wood County, January and February, uh, right about 40. Okay. Last year was 67 in January and 51 in February. This year was 56 in January and 56 in February. Okay. So we're right about on par with, you know, if you see the trend that there's a lot of home purchases still happening, even though the, the, the market is where it is and interest rates are starting to rise a little bit. Right. So we're still well on par with, um, actually that this February was the highest in this spreadsheet since 2007. Oh, wow. Uh, about homes that have sold. Okay. So median price, like I said, uh, Wood County, because we are in a more rural part of the state, we're a little bit less than statewide averages, but our Median price ended 2021 at 150000 which was the highest average per year that we've had. January of last year was 134000 February was 137000 Okay. This year, January, 145000 so it increased about $10,000. February ended at 177000 which increased about $35,000, roughly. Roughly. Math in my head is kind of confusing. No worries. This was the highest median price that we've seen for January itself or for February itself. And again, the February median price at 177500 
was on par with the high months that we had last year. Oh, wow. So our local trends are trending as statewide trends as well, um, which is kind of interesting to see that things are are somewhat stabilizing. We can look at the last couple months from last year. August was 175. September was 150. October was 140,000. November was 135. December was 146. January then 145. And February, we bumped up to 177. Okay. But like we mentioned with our, our winter time being fairly mild, I mean, we didn't have a ton of snow. No, no, we didn't. You know, so so I think people were continuing the the vibes of let's continue our house adventure and keep looking as right as before long as that we can. big snowstorm comes in that never did come in, or because we don't know what's going to happen in this next year. Right. So, uh, like we had mentioned in in episodes previous, a lot of the market conditions are based on consumer confidence. So if people have good feelings or if they have stressful feelings that transfers into what actually happens as far as production. Right. And the stock market and all that other stuff. Exactly. So the human factor does, I mean, it plays a, a big part of it. Yeah. That's the market. Okay. Uh, we can talk about uh, international market a little bit. So update on the uh, shenanigans over in the, uh, the Eastern part of Europe. Um, it's a mess. I was going to say we were at a mess last time, so, yeah, so I was hoping for something more positive of it's starting to calm down, but apparently not. It's a mess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, when we mentioned economics and the stock market a little bit and how that plays into interest rates and, and all that jazz, it's going to fluctuate this year. It really is. Um, a lot of people are saying that the hope is that since it's also a midterm election year, that politics are going to play into it a little bit. Okay. And I'll um, kind of take down some of the stressors as we get closer into the, the third and fourth quarters. Okay. So who knows? Who knows? We'll just kind of see how it goes. We play it by ear. Right. You see how much the uh, gas prices are ping-ponging and prices over at Home Depot for supplies. And mm-hmm. Just, well, it, I'm hoping that they stay somewhat low. I just need to get everything for the bathroom. Well, you should, if you have the funds now, probably purchase it or at least get it ordered ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I was talking with my motorcycle guy mm-hmm. and talking about getting new tires for the bike because it's about time for that. And he was telling me just how much trouble the motorcycle tire and situation has been. Um, he ordered, he, he's been busy. And so he ordered double of what he ordered last year, which was double of what the year before. And he's only gotten half of the order that he requested. <clears throat> All right. I'm like, well, good, good, good for that. He goes, yeah, and it's expensive. Well, yeah, especially, you know, high quality rubber tires that you need for motorcycles. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, going to be. And especially, you know, the, the other good thing we saw in the 70s, right, 1970s. Mm-hmm was when gas prices really skyrocketed motorcycling and scooters and all those secondary forms of transportation that get 50 to 80 miles per gallon right. really came up to play. So that might be, might be, back be again. coming back again. Check me out there on the, my new little high, high tech scooter. There are some options that are battery powered as well. I, I really, that's probably where I knew would need to go is a battery powered, but, um, something without a clutch. I am not that great with a clutch. But you can get full-sized motorcycles that don't have a a standard traditional clutch. Excellent. They could be auto clutch. That'd be mine. Mm -hmm. That'd be right up my alley. I I think as we move forward into the year, maybe I talk to uh, some of the motorcycle dealers, Country Sports and Donahue's. No, that'd be fun to have on. Give a a little chat on the podcast. A little chat on the podcast. I mean, we could do a little bit of remote of go to them and Mm -hmm. go out for a ride be fun to break out all the leather and go for a ride so shall we talk about the stage styled and sold blog yes do you got that up i do so from our friends at the national association of realtors this one again is your favorite room of the house take your kitchen countertops to new heights 
hopefully someday we're not going to like increase like the height of them to. Well, uh, this is brought to us uh, by Melissa Dittman Tracy. She's the staff editor there at NAR. A slab backsplash makes the wall mimic the countertop and can spice up the kitchen design. So backsplashes, right? Right. You you need something to That's kind of washable, right? Because things get splashed up onto the back of the countertop. Right. Yeah. She goes on to say the most popular kitchen backsplash in 2022 is slab. So if you have your nice slab countertops, like marble slab? Correct. Okay. Mhm. Uh, she says this can make the wall seem like a vertical extension of your countertop. This is according to designers recently surveyed by Fixer, a home improvement website. Slab backsplashes may be the, an extension of a marble or quartz countertop. It creates a cohesive look in the kitchen. Also, since the backsplash and countertop are the same material, it can trick the eye and make the kitchen appear larger. Yeah, I can see that. You know, more vertically yeah. expansive or more horizontally, like the countertop goes on farther than it does. It's like the reverse waterfall effect. Correct. So instead of the waterfall going down, it's going up. See, I got this. See? I'm connecting see? here. See? Uh, other pros are that it has fewer seams and virtually no grout lines. Mm-hmm. That also gives the kitchen a cleaner appearance. It, we've, we've seen that. There is the... Uh, um, goodness, I, I was just in a house recently that had the four by four kind of subway tile as the countertop. Remember that was a popular yep, trend. That was a thing. Yeah, like early '90s, late '80s, whatever. And I mean, if if you keep up with it, it's okay, but it's very hard to keep that clean, especially when it's white with a white or tan grout. Yes. So having your solid surface countertop like Corian, and then that same surface as the backsplash coming up, yeah, it can look really classy. See here if we have examples. Um, they said that this look may not be cheap. It's pricier than most backsplashes like uh, tiles or something painted. Um, it can increase the average cost between $1,500 to $4,500 depending on your surface type. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Actually, that was a quick little blog. That's about it. That's about it. All right. Yeah. Getting back into the kitchen. Well, the kitchen is kind of the heart of the home. It really is. Um, and there have been so many styles of backsplashes that, that are an option as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tiny thumbnail picture that I'm going to show you, but you can't see it because you're six feet away. Right. Um, thinking of the like Tuscan sort of French inspired kitchen design. Yep. And then where the hood range is, that's usually where people, you know, there's a lot of vertical space there because the cabinets are taller. And so that design feature, I mean, you've seen a lot of different features on that part of the wall. Right. Normally it's in like a tile that's uh, perhaps a rough, you know, sort of uh, like crushed stone tile or like a slate, Mm -hmm. you know, and then a mural in the center. Well, they're suggesting here that you take whatever your countertop surface is and not just do a two or three or four inch backsplash, but actually do the entire wall up underneath the cabinetry. Um, and, and we've seen that in vintage, uh, I want to say Victorian era, you know, 1800s and, yep. and, and predecessors to that too. Mm-hmm. You know, think of the, these huge mammoth kitchens, you know, 20 foot by 40 foot kitchens with, Ceilings that are 10 foot tall. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting. And it's like you said, another way you can waterfall off um, to go lower along the end of your cabinetry with your countertop. Well, might as well do it up. Do it up as well. Go vertical. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see. So as far as remodeling, we've got a couple minutes here before the end of the hour. And I know that you've been doing some remodel projects at the house as well. Yes. Yep. Our house got approved. We're going to be hosting a intern rafter. So we're trying to get our main bathroom fixed or put back together. I don't want to say it's fixed because it's not really broken. No, it wasn't broken, but you decided that it needed to be different. 
it needed to be different. But here, I mean, it's I'll, like a Legos. Also, you can take it apart and put it back together. Exactly. And if the little truck that you had, you wanted to become a plane, you just move the Legos in different spots. Exactly. So we got the flooring finally up. That was a lot of fun. You know, a circular saw goes a long way along with a crowbar and a hammer. So give me a circular saw, a crowbar, and a hammer, and I can, like, move walls. And I did. Give me a lever and I'll move the world. Exactly. So we did. I I got all the the flooring out. So this weekend or next weekend, sometime this week, uh, the concrete board is going to go in. And I'm really thinking about putting in the concrete board underneath the new shower. Just to to, kind of help make it stable. Um, It was kind of standing in there, just kind of seeing how, I mean, we have an old house. It's old. But I just want to make sure that the the floor has got a good, solid, it's stiff. It's not going to go anywhere. And I I think the subfloor product that they used, um, it wasn't as thick as what today's common subfloor is yeah and so it, it's got a little bit of flex to it and we can feel that as we walk around the house it's not like unsafe or we're going to fall through it right but it's just got a little bit more flex than you know what a, a subfloor from the 1980s would have well and looking at it it looks like they had a water situation in in the bathroom mm-hmm. so it's like some a, a piece of plumbing broke we had water damage done to to that I don't want to call it water damage because, again, I am not a licensed contractor. I cannot identify those things. But it just looks like something happened in that bathroom when they remodeled it. Sure. Or that's why it got remodeled. So I just think having that nice, a little bit more of a solid base to it would be okay to do. And as long as it's fine and it's not really going to harm the next time we go or this next round, um, I don't see why, you know, what the harm would be is to kind of shore that up a little bit. Well, exactly. And adding more layers onto things um usually helps to increase structural integrity mm-hmm. you know the this um system of balloon framed house construction you know it that that is we're, we're literally in a matchbox full of toothpicks right you know but it's because the system is together that adds all the structure and rigidity and makes a solid house right so it it's it's really neat i think it's going to be a great Great opportunity here just to play with the tile saw one more time and get things going. So Sounds good. Well, we'll talk about that, that more. more maybe in our next episode ne- next week, of course. All right. Sounds good. Well, you all have a great Central Wisconsin Day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.